Hi, welcome to It Rocks or It Sucks. My name is Carl Kuhn. You may know me from my various music projects, Museum Mouth, Gay Meat, and my slight involvement with the band Say Anything. Uh, my name is Becca High, and I I don't like flakes of salt on top of dessert treats. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Love that. Um, and today we're joined by an iconic guest. We're actually joined by Mallory Hawk. Mallory Hawk, how are you? I'm doing well. Thank you. Iconic. <laughs> I love that. I mean, if you're coming on the pod, you're iconic. We don't let non-iconic people on. Automatic. Okay. Aut- <laughs> Automatic by Nicki Minaj. Yes. yes. Okay. Um, well, beautiful. So, Mallory, uh, I know we talked about this for half a millisecond before we started recording, but um, Mallory is actually the first guest we- we've had on the pod who we don't know as a person. We're feeling out this friendship organically on the pod. Yes. I love it. I think this is going to be really fun for everybody. And yeah. us. I'm having fun already. Me too, <laughs> truly. Okay, so Mallory, um, since we don't know you, what is your involvement with indie rock as a concept? And how did you find out about the pod? Uh, yes. Um yeah, so I've been a bit of a music turd my entire life. My parents are real heads and real nerds. So I've just been like a music person since I was like four. I usually say that like I bought my first CD when I was four was Alanis Morissette's Jagged Little Pill, which Oh like, my God. Yeah, really dictates just like who <laughs> I was as a person for the rest of my life. Um, but uh, no, I, yeah, I've been super into music and I started working at the indie label Double Double Whammy three years ago. So now I've gone from just being a pretty big indie music fan to it consumes my entire life. <laughs> that I so I like I had a kind of similar trajectory where I like did like some music stuff and then got sucked into label world. And then for the years was like I would do anything to just be a fan again. But that's like that's on bad days. There are a lot of good days. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah, that's certainly a conversation. Um, there are a lot of pros and cons. But I think where <laughs> I think where it gets weird is where like when you're, I, I don't know, like when you're an artist yourself and you work in music, it's amazing because you're going to like look out for artists. But as far as like your own art goes, you're like, I have 8,000 other people's projects <laughs> swirling around in my head at any given moment. So not exactly <laughs> focused on myself. Um, but no, I mean, I... I, I love what I do and I love Double Double Whammy. So, um, yeah, you guys have an amazing little group of a little family over there of artists. I love that. I know it is. Um, it's really developed. I mean, I was a fan really, really early on. And then to be like this hands on with it, like in the future, is like crazy. But um, yeah, it's very it feels a bit like a family. It's very sweet. I forgot to wear my hat. I have a Double Double Whammy hat. Wow. I love that. It's my only hat. <laughs> Um, <laughs> That's all I was gonna say. <laughs> yeah, is but it also, the dog? Yeah, it's the dog. And yeah, um, I also on my wall have, I think, like a little postcard came with it, and the image behind DDW is so pretty that I. Yeah, like, I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah, 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 yeah. Good, good merch going on over there. Thank you. Yeah, the hats are a fucking hit. Love those things. <laughs> they're perfect. So wow. Yeah, they're adorable. I have, I have like a really unfortunately shaped head and can only wear like probably 30% of all the hats in the world. No. So I know, but there's nothing you can do about that either. So I just have to deal with it. My curse to bear. Are you a beanie person? 
I am, yeah. Okay, we made a beanie. I'll send you oh a my beanie. <laughs> oh my god, you don't have to do that. But okay, okay. Anyway, this is all neither here nor there. Yes, Great yes, intro. True. Thank you. Thank you for that. Um, but the three of us are gathered here today on Zoom actually to discuss a movie soundtrack that I will say, I will preface, this is, this is the third time it had been picked by a potential guest on the pod, and the other two times they've both chickened out. So wow. this is, I know, this is a big day. Um, it's a standout on the list when we send the list around, but we're actually discussing the Garden State soundtrack today. Pew, pew, pew. Yes, much <laughs> to say, much to say. I agree and I disagree, because I definitely hadn't revisited any of these songs um, probably since I first saw this movie as a teen. And uh, coming back now, it's it's both... It's underwhelming and it's overwhelming. It might just be whelming, I think. I think we're on the same page. <laughs> okay, beautiful. <laughs> okay, um, so normally this is where we would talk about kind of what... Um, what junction in life you were in when this entered your life? Oh, um, yeah. Um, I mean, I would say I, I was a big Garden State fan, I should say. Like, <laughs> okay. I, yeah. I mean, revisiting this, like, it had been many years, both the movie and the soundtrack. Um, but I was a huge, like, I, I remember watching it being like, this is so relatable. Like, this is just, <laughs> like, I don't know. I don't even know what it was about it. Like it, it felt like the story was mine, and I just like <laughs> paired with this soundtrack. It just felt like so romantic and like great. Um, but yeah, I think I was shit. I don't know. It was the age of Tumblr. This is like a perfect Tumblr movie. So maybe I was in my early twenties in college. Oh my gosh! Wait, 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 wait. The movie. When did the movie come out? Two thousand five or four, I believe. Okay, so did you absorb this movie when it came out? Were you on Tumblr in 2005? Did Tumblr exist in 2005? No, okay, wait. That made me sound way cooler than I was. I saw the movie late. I just saw the movie late. Oh, okay, <laughs> okay, okay, okay. Um, I was gonna say, like, I was, like, suddenly, like, wait, why was I just on Zanga? Like, were kids cooler than me? Did they know about Tumblr back then? No, I think I just, I must have discovered it a couple years late, actually. I would, After I would guess, fact. yeah. Okay, well, that's beautiful. I love the idea of, like, this always being the blog movie for like our generation of kids oh yeah that's what i thought when i watched it. i was like this has tumblr like screen grab written just like all over it oh my god i feel like to this day the pic of zach braff with the shirt in front of the wallpaper like you will find that if you scroll for long enough absolutely i know yeah. i i like whether you like it or not like i feel like that scene did inspire a lot of other things <laughs> it's a beautiful aesthetic yeah. <laughs> okay becca what about you where were you in life when you saw garden state and heard this beautiful soundtrack uh it was vicariously through graham of course um i think i saw the movie once and to this day now that count is one and a one and a quarter <laughs> <laughs> Did you not make it through? No. Um, uh, <laughs> and I feel I don't I don't remember feeling any sort of way towards this movie. Like it was like a cool movie in terms of like cinematography and like cool shots and things like that. And like of course there was the soundtrack. Uh, that I listened to a lot. Um, I weirdly, though, remember, like, I have such a hard time remembering things from movies, but I remember, 
so specifically like every part of this movie, although I saw it once like 10 years ago. So you would say that it has definitely made some sort of impression on you. Yeah, but like what that impression is, I don't know. I don't know why it sticks. Like <laughs> maybe because it's it like it's so I don't know. It's not like a lot of other movies, I guess. I hate okay. saying that, but like <laughs> <laughs> it just has that it factor. What yeah. <laughs> It, it's Even basically it's okay yeah it's it's basically like a student film is how Ooh. i saw it trying to watch it earlier today damn that's a really apt roast like that's yes the roast of zach braff talking about his big glorious student film i know and i think people thought that he was like going to be like the next big thing after this movie and i think that since this movie was autobiographical, like he might have just had like his moment, you know, and wasn't yeah. actually that like prolific. Yeah, I hate to say this turn of phrase because it's disgusting, but I have been adopting it in the past seven days and it's kind of funny in my opinion, but he definitely like shot his load too soon with this. <laughs> where it was like, okay, like this is all I got. Here it comes. Yes. And it's like, oh, wow. All right. Well, I mean, at least the the soundtrack did go platinum. So I know. I mean, you won a Grammy. I was going to say, I have the soundtrack on vinyl. Like I- Yes. <laughs> Wait, it, did it, I was looking today and the soundtrack came out on Epic Records, which really? is just, wow. I forgot that ever even existed. I feel like there were a couple Incubus releases on Epic because oh, yeah. it was like a subdivision of some bigger label, maybe Sony or something. But. I know. I actually, I wonder if they originally pressed it on vinyl when it came out, like with the movie. I kind of highly doubt it. I don't think vinyl was really like a hot item then, but I remember that they like issued it somehow within the last like, I don't know, five to 10 years. And that was when I bought it. Feels like a very like record store day sort of thing. Like it definitely was (laughs) some shit like that. Like $40 for this 180 gram LP. That's that much money. I'm addicted to that. (laughs) It's so funny that you can like basically just guess what is a record store day piece and what's not. Yeah. If it's like really expensive and like Guns N' Roses is involved, then yeah, it probably (laughs) is Okay. All I want to say about this film is that when it came out, I was 14 or 15. um, And I was, I remember watching it at my friend Jenna's house in her little TV room. And I remember all of us that were gathered there to watch it definitely walked away being like, wow, that's our lives. Though I don't think any of us had any sort of um, medication we were even on or had experienced any sort of real death. So that's just that. I think that that's interesting (laughs) that, you know, even as a teen, I was trying to adopt this weird sorrow into my life. But um, it is what it is. So uh, I think let's dive into the songs, shall we? Let's do it. Oh my God, I can't wait. I'm so excited. Okay, so the soundtrack opens the first track. It is Don't Panic by Coldplay. Becca, how do you feel about Don't Panic by Coldplay? Um, I already loved this song. Big Coldplay fan back in the day. It's it's good. It's, uh, um, I'm trying to remember the scene that it, like, opens with. Is he, like, going? He's, I think he's driving, he's driving to work. Yeah, I think he's on this. No, it's like the intro of the movie, right? Yeah, yeah. Is he? I think, I think he's it's like in the bathroom, right? and he like looks at his medicine. And oh yeah, yeah, yeah. okay, it's that. it's that. Okay, which uh, you know really sets the tone for this. <laughs> 
this film, I guess. I don't know. I like the like I know the song too well on its own, like not associated with Garden State. So like on its own, I'm like, yeah, it's it's good. Yeah. Okay, 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 okay. I like that statement. Mallory, how do you feel about Don't Panic by Coldplay? Uh, I think this is a great song. Um <laughs> Uh, I think that that album is like really fantastic and I have two good stories about it which is that my mom like had that CD in her car and she she accidentally burned Don't Panic that song on it twice in the beginning so we would always listen to it twice on that record so it almost like feels like that's what the record is like for me but uh, <laughs> like it would start over again and we'd be like yeah I love this song <laughs> um, <laughs> but it was no I think I think it's an excellent song second of all the first time I ever smoked weed, I was just like at some college friend's house. And that was like they had one record and that was the record. And I just listened to it twice because I smoked weed for the first time. <laughs> and I just sat there and listened to a Coldplay. Um, but no, that being said, I think that's that's a fantastic song. It's short and sweet. It's really good. The guitar is excellent. Yeah, I mean, I have to simply agree. Um, I love every part of that story, by the, those two stories, by the way. But um, I think this song is actually so interesting for Coldplay because it's it is short. It doesn't have a bridge or anything. It's very like a kind of a stripped down sort of song. Um, am I like am I like misremembering the fact that this band doesn't always write like three and a half minute long songs? No, I think this is an uncharacteristic like song for them, and I think that's like why it's so interesting. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I think it's I think it's so cool. I love that it opens the record, and I think, um, I think the lyrics are like they're like the perfect amount of vague where you can like imply a bunch of meaning if you want to, but at the same time they're just kind of like pretty lyrics. You know? We live in a beautiful world. Yeah, we do. Yeah, we do. <laughs> I wish I wrote that chorus. Ugh. I can only like think of that in like a sarcastic sense. Yeah, but I mean that's I thought I mean that's the genius of it. Okay, well I'm addicted to this song. I think this song absolutely rocks. Song definitely rocks. The song rocks. Don't panic by Coldplay. (laughs) Rocks. It absolutely rocks. Okay, so that brings us to... Oh my god, sorry, I have a bunch of weird pop-ups on my screen. That brings us to track two, which happens to be Caring is Creepy by The Shins. Now, I want to just say the big draw for me to see this movie was the fact that The Shins were so heavily tied in with the storyline here. I had become a huge fan of Shoots Too Narrow and was willing to do whatever it took to go back and understand this band from the get-go. So that was a huge draw for me to um, see this film. Yeah. I think the the quote about like listening to the shins like change your life or whatever, I feel like that was in the trailer. Was it, am I crazy? I think it might have been. Yeah, I don't know if it was, if it was in the trailer or not, but it was, okay. uh, I feel like that, yeah, to this day is like such an iconic moment. I, I discovered the shins through Garden State, actually. Okay, so. that's a beautiful arc. I love that. Yeah, yeah. Um, and yeah, huge shins, shins fan now. Okay, well, Mallory, talk to me about Caring is Creepy. I want to hear your take. Okay. Um, yeah, I don't know. I think that this is a really cool song. Uh, I think both, like, lyrically and both. Uh, I guess I wouldn't call this song uncharacteristic for the shins, but it's not nearly as straightforward. I feel like it's got so much, like, echo and, like, it's a little, it's a little I don't know, it's a little creepy. It, and It bounces around in a way that I feel like they definitely avoided the longer they were a band. Yeah, and I, like, when I looked up this song to see if it had a video or something, I discovered um, 
that they like very rarely play it live. And I was like, wow, like, you know, people are waiting for them to play <laughs> that song and they're just not doing it. And I love that. That is really cool. I, I love when a band avoids like the big, the big hit. <laughs> yeah, they just don't play it. It's amazing. <laughs> oh, my God. All right, Becca, how do you feel about Carrie is Creepy? It is a great song. I don't remember how I discovered the shins, but I feel like appearing in this movie really sort of drew a lot of attention to them. They have two songs on this on this soundtrack. Also, they play live in an episode of Gilmore Girls. I know. <laughs> <laughs> Which I think preceded this. So like really? they didn't get a lot Yeah, they didn't get nearly oh. as much success from that. Because I, I guess it was later on when I saw them appear in Gilmore Girls. And I was like, the shins. Um, this is when he's like driving, traveling back to New Jersey. And he's like on the freeway in traffic. Is it? Oh, my God. I'm like, I thought this was when he's driving the motorcycle. I did, too. But it is early on. So you, you might be right, too, Becca. Wait. Oh, my God. <laughs> experts experts on the topic here yeah my cat yeah we really we love we all engaged with this film in the past three days and really enjoyed it and remember it scene for scene <laughs> yes. okay yes. no i think y'all are right i'm like, blur- I like i'm like he's he's traveling <laughs> he's on a vehicle and the vehicle is in motion yeah. yes <laughs> Yeah. I like I only think that I like I'm only confident in saying that I think it's the I'm only confident in saying I think lol that it's the um motorcycle scene because I remember like when it happened I was like this is like the one part of the movie I wish I was in like I wish I was on the motorcycle with the sidecar listening to carrying is creepy totally I and I feel like I remember like listening to the soundtrack like while driving a lot and it just being like yeah I'm in a movie you know yes this definitely hit me like right around like driver's permit driver's license time so like I definitely associate a lot of these songs with doing the little drive um <laughs> I'm addicted to this song out of the two Shin songs that are on this soundtrack I think this is the far superior of the two um I think it's so fun and so cool and again I just to sound like I'm beating a dead horse I think that this band's songwriting got um less exciting as they went on and i think that this is a great encapsulation of kind of what made them cool back then i would agree but also hearing hearing the like tie the gilmore girls tie, it's like what did james mercer or like is that his name like what did he do to get so involved with hollywood yeah like he's like this weird like elusive indie sweetheart that they were trying to find <laughs> for some reason i don't know to be that artist so interesting it. yeah he's like kind of cute i don't know he's, it's yeah weird. he seems like a nice Nice guy, you know? Yeah, it's a very unintimidating band, you know? That's an amazing point. Yeah. Wow. Okay. I think Carrying is Creepy absolutely rocks. It does. Mm-hmm. Agree, agree. It rocks. All right. Track three is In the Waiting Line by Zero Seven. Who wants to go first? Um, I'll go. I, like, this is the drug scene song. <laughs> yes, <it is. laughs> we all know. Which, like, it's funny. I don't know. Yeah. As I went through the soundtrack, I was like, maybe Zach Braff just like needs a job and like sync licensing and putting music into <laughs> movies and TV because like that's where he did. I mean, he nailed, he nailed it as far as that goes. Like it's like I hear that song and I'm like, I'm watching that scene and I remember it very vividly. Mm-hmm. Um, but I I wanted to say that like I pretty much 
exclusively was listening to like rock and guitar music at the time. And I feel like this was like this weird entryway that I made into like weird cocktail lounge music that was also (laughs) really cool and indie. Like this is definitely my first like, you know, that was my first time listening to that kind of stuff. Um, But I thought that that was cool. It was nothing I would have ever listened to. So I thought that that song was like really exciting. Um, Yes, I completely agree. I definitely had multiple times as a teen, like described this genre of music as like weather channel music. Yeah. Like that corner of indie rock. I was always like when like the door opened with the soundtrack, I was like, there's a lot of weather channel music out there that people are obsessed with. (laughs) Yeah. Okay, Becca, how do you feel about In the Waiting Line by Zero Seven? Uh. I think about this song every now and then. Um. (laughs) (laughs) A beautiful sentence. Um, When this comes up in the movie, it's basically like a music video. And from then on out, I'm like, wait, is Garden State, like, is every music cue just like a series of music videos? Because it's shot that way. But I didn't make it too far after this um i would go so far as to say this is like one of the few that feels like an actual music video yeah they do the whole like sped up thing and he's like high on ecstasy at on the couch like (sighs) classic is this what we think i've never done ecstasy is this what we think ecstasy sounds like or feels like i feel like it'd be more fun i feel like it sounds more like like a charlie xcx song or like a sophie song or something (sighs) I feel yeah, like, I'm not trying to, neither do no, you need to confess no, having taken ecstasy on the pod. No, I was like, I haven't, yeah, I haven't done it either, but I, it does like seem a lot faster and emotional of a, of a drug it's than like it did upper, seem in that scene. Right? Yeah. Yes. Like that scene was like, so like, he was like glued to the couch as if he just like smoked a ton of weed or something, you know? Yeah. yeah which I'm like wondering if that's calling back to the whole he's heavily medicated thing. Oh. Wait, that to- it totally is. Wait, you're a genius. Yeah, because like, well, I'm not heavily medicated, but I remember trying <laughs> shrooms for the first time and it having no effect on me because I was on, I still am on antidepressants and the that like balanced out the fun chemicals that were supposed to be making me trip. Yep. And um wow. That's so why I've never done it too. <laughs> wow. Yeah. I'm learning so much about chemistry right now. The brain is yeah. fucked. <laughs> I know my my hot tip that I learned recently that I'm telling everybody, not it's not even a hot tip, but I learned that SSRIs like uh were derived from acid. Whoa. Yeah. Okay. So, I mean, it's like once I started learning about drug interactions with like antidepressants, I was just like, are antidepressants like I don't know. You're, it's like you're just microdosing. Thing. Yeah, <laughs> it's like same thing. Same thing. Wow, yeah. interesting. But that's so. Yeah, Becca, I think I think you're right. Like that's yeah, that's. I think that might be really it because totally he turned into a zombie. That was the whole point. Yeah. See, there's definitely a crowd of people out there that are clowning Zach Braffer being like, you don't even know what it's like to take ecstasy in here. Becca's like, actually. (laughs) (laughs) I love that. I think this song is really cool. I think this song, I very similar to what you're saying, Mallory. I had like no idea that this area of indie rock existed because I was definitely like guitar indie rock. I was absorbing what MTV, MTV2 was kind of giving me. And 
this was a really cool peek behind that curtain and definitely got me interested in more of this. And I feel like there are a couple other songs on the soundtrack that air on this side of indie rock. And every time I'd be like, this makes me feel like smart listening to this. Absolutely. Yeah. I feel the same way. (laughs) I think, I think in the waiting line by zero seven rocks. I think it rocks too. Mm, Yeah. Rocks. (laughs) All right. Slay. Track four is a song called new slang also by the shins. Becca, do you have any takes on um, New Slang by The Shins? This song is great, but it doesn't make any fucking sense in Garden State and her... (sighs) Okay, the point where it, like, starts to become difficult for me to get through this movie is the whole introduction to Natalie Portman's character. Like It's it's very clunky and weird. I'm like, how old is this person acting like a child and like is scared to tell Zach Braff that she has epilepsy and is also (laughs) like putting her headphones over him saying new slang by the shins is life changing and then it's like it's the most like like chill song if someone was like this song will change your life I want it to be like a fucking heart song or something. <laughs> Barracuda by heart. Yeah. <laughs> I think if I had to play devil's advocate for Natalie Portman putting those headphones on Zach Braff's head in that waiting room and saying that this song was going to change his life, I think it, I would argue that it solely moves the plot of the movie forward because there, all these lyrics are kind of like about, at least his first verse is about like moving out of your town. And kind of, um, well, I'll just read them because I can't formulate a thought while reading them at the same time. Um, They say, gold teeth and a curse for this town were all in my mouth. Only I don't know how they got out, dear. Turn me back into the pet I was when we met. I was happier then with no mindset. That feels like kind of like it ties into some of the central themes of this film, in my opinion. But maybe just like their weird relationship and love interest sort of vibe. I don't know. I think I didn't realize how manic pixie dream girl this movie was until I rewatched it. And now it's like, it's nauseating. I know. I know. Um, That was like, I was like, we're probably going to talk about this, aren't we? Because it's like, it is like the demise of the movie. Like, you know, if, if there was a moment watching that movie when I was cringing, it was because Natalie Portman and Zach Braff were both in the scene, you know? Oh, it was always I'll yeah. tell yeah y'all want to know the part where I was like no I can't I can't do this yes uh, what's the breaking point it's when <laughs> they're at her doorstep and Natalie Portman goes okay so sometimes I lie I'm weird man <laughs> <laughs> yeah dude you left at the right time like they enter the house and that just gets worse like she's like oh i I know i'm so weird like yeah you can leave like i'm so weird like it's so like you just leave like i'm quirky you know it's like (laughs) oh my god (laughs) no 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 yeah but it was like i even like picked up on i don't want to get too into this because we could get lost talking shit about this movie probably but (laughs) like there's so many moments where she's just like doing things that seem like it's going to create this like unhealthy relationship between them. And he's just like, but I like you and you're innocent and this is perfect and everything's going to be cool. And it's just like, no, this isn't mm. off to a great start, really. <laughs> there's a lot of projecting is, like, going constantly on constantly lying when they first <laughs> meet. 
Yeah. Anyways. Yeah. Well, I think that that's, um, I think that that song rocks. And I like kind of went back between like, oh, you know, this is the only band with two songs on this playlist or on this soundtrack. Like which one is better? And Mm -hmm. I felt like I couldn't choose because I love them for very different reasons. Like I, you know, new slang. I will say though, new slang felt like the uh, kind of like converging of like, more of the songs we'll get into later in the soundtrack are very folk, like classic folk ballad. And it's like, then also there's the Shins who did this weird indie rock thing. And then I feel like new slang is where that song or where both of those things come together. Or it's like, oh, the sweet indie darlings like did this like Nick Drake-esque or like big star-esque song. And it's kind of like, oh, I feel like that is like perfect for the movie. So for sure. This song definitely bridges the gap between the kind of genres that are going on. Yeah in this for, undoubtedly this song is really good again i i'm not gonna go back on what i said i think that caring is creepy is a better song but this song is like really beautiful and good and also to like get in the um the ooh, ooh like a uh, lyrical non-lyrical hook like so early on i feel like that made like a big return in indie rock in the past like five six seven years but this is way back and they're like slaying it back then it's like okay smart 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 yeah true this is the only love- song she listens to in her headphones because when he comes to like pick her up on the motorcycle she has her headphones on and the song is playing again uh i mean uh, we've all i personally i'm not gonna say we've all i normally would say we all but i know i personally have become so obsessed with one song at a time that i do listen to it uh, alone for hours so yeah me all the time i can kind of relate <laughs> yeah <laughs> I don't think it would ever be this song specifically, but um, yeah. Okay, go off, Natalie Portman. She says the R word 500 oh, times. Oh, I forgot about God. that. I know, it just keeps going. It keeps going. <laughs> the first time she said it, I was like, this this movie didn't age well. And then so she says bad. it 500 more times. I'm like on the floor, like stunned. Okay. Ugh. Okay, new slang rocks. Yes. Yeah. Okay, track five is I Just Don't Think I'll Ever Get Over You by Colin Hay. Uh, wow. Did anyone know who Colin Hay was before this? I did, yeah. Oh, okay. Wait, wait, wait. Then, okay, then I want you to go first. Well, yeah, well, it's funny because I wondered, like, so there's this episode of Scrubs where Colin Hay is, like, in the whole episode and he sings Overkill, which is, like, one of the most famous songs from his band Minute Work. That Australian oh, band. Oh, I didn't know he was a Minute Work. Yeah, he's like the main dude for Minute Work, and like <laughs> Beck and I are both gasping right now. Yeah, so my mom loved Minute Work. Yeah, wait, do you do you remember that one song that's like, <laughs> I can't get to sleep, I think about the implication. That one. <laughs> wait, 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 wait. What song is that? Is that the chorus? Well, it's called Overkill. Anyway, there's an entire okay. Scrubs episode where Colin Hay is like actually making a cameo playing that song on guitar, just like following Zach Braff around. So I figured I was like, they're clearly like homies or there's some kind of like admiration going on there where he also put Mm -hmm. him on uh, this soundtrack. But um, the sound, the song is like kind of hard to find on streaming services for whatever reason. And I think that's because it is like so sad that it should be illegal. Um, (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I like straight up like I was like, I listened back to this a couple weeks ago. I was just crying. I was like, damn, like. I mean, I don't know. I just like wasn't ready for it. And I think it's really devastating. But I, I think it's I think it's one of the best songs on the soundtrack. I think it's like very moving and painful. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. Reading the lyrics right now. I'm I think I approached 
this soundtrack this time around with just such a like such a funny kind of like disdain having listened to it after watching the movie that I definitely was not um, giving 100% of myself to... I, I wasn't being 100% as vulnerable as I could or should have been with these songs. And the song is really fucking good. <laughs> oh, it's so it's so good. It's so sad. If you're in the right mindset, it'll make you cry. I promise. Yeah. I, yeah. I cannot believe that this is Men at Work guy. Yeah, isn't that crazy? Thank you for educating us on our own podcast. <laughs> on Genius, it says... He, like, while people assume this is about a romantic loss, it's actually about him pining for the loss of alcohol in his life. Interesting. Oh. Yeah. Still sad. But, like... Yeah, I mean, I guess if, if you're a good enough songwriter, you can make any one little thing feel like a mountain. Yeah, I mean, like, romantic partners, alcoholism, addiction... Wow, I'm like, wait, that actually really cheapens the song. (laughs) (laughs) I think you might be a little right, but at the same time. (sighs) Yeah, maybe not. I don't know. I'll think about it. (laughs) I think that it is. I bet if I had to guess, if I was writing fanfic about um, Colin Hay and Zach Braff, I would say that they met on the set of Scrubs and they hit it off. And then that made Zach Braff really dig into Colin Hay's discography. And then was like, okay, famously, he said that the movie was like the movie soundtrack was basically the songs he was like listening to when he was writing the film. I'm like, you know, yeah. of course, Colin Hay's going to make an appearance. I love that story. Let's stick with that. Okay, my fake story. Yeah. I'm a fiction writer. <laughs> <laughs> I think I just don't think I'll ever get over you by Colin Hay. I think it is a good song. I think it rocks. Yes. Mm, I think it's I think it's fine. Okay, okay. Mallory, famously things can be just fine. I don't know if you know that about the podcast. No, I, I there's, I mean, I, we're talking about songs that I like, but there's, I have, I have shit to talk later. Okay. <laughs> yes, okay. I'm not saying that I get off on the shit talking on the pod, but I do love when it, it jars its ugly little head. I okay. mean, the entire block party episode. That it depends on who you're listening to in the episode, because I love that record. Well. <laughs> That entire episode is me. I only know the block party hits. Intimacy. That's that's fine. That's a great. Actually, that's a great uh, vantage point to have on that band. Yeah. It gets messy the more like you get into it. Mm. Um. But okay. So track six is "Blue Eyes" by Carrie Brothers. Yeah. I mean, if you wanted me to talk shit, my only note on this song is it sounds like a song that they would have played when someone was eliminated from American Idol. And I think that they could have <laughs> left it off the this, this soundtrack. Absolutely. You know, uh, I share that sentiment. Meant, uh, also, like, who is this referring to in the movie, technically? I Natalie Portman does not happens. have blue eyes. I know that. <laughs> yeah maybe it's about peter sarsgaard yeah oh my god dreamboat the sexiest the sexiest man in this movie yeah the takeaway from me watching that movie was just like damn i think peter sarsgaard's like the best part about this movie <laughs> he really is the idea that he fucking is like grave digger is like it's automatically horny to me in a weird way yeah grave digger with like all his little like weird collectibles and like Probably has a ton of like cool video games and stuff. And I'm like, I honestly, I want to come over. <laughs> me too. Me too. It's like you, I want to hear him. Yeah, he perfected the hometown thing. He like people who do the hometown thing well. I'm just like, oh, respect. 
I think I might do the hometown thing well. I think you do, yeah. I don't, it, it's not, it never was what I wanted to do. It's just what I was forced to do. <laughs> okay, I'm... Such a, sorry. To no, add please, to please. talking about Peter Sarsgaard. The discourse. He has such a distinctive voice. Like, it's just one of those voices you instantly recognize anytime you hear it. Mm-hmm. It's like right in between. It's like almost baritone, and it also kind of has a little bit of vocal fry, maybe. Mm-hmm. It's kind of interesting. And Jake Gyllenhaal is his brother-in-law. Oh, I didn't really? know that. He's married to Maggie Gyllenhaal. Oh, wait. I actually do think I knew that. Interesting. Wow. Yeah. All right. That's crazy. I will say one thing about Peter Sarsgaard that I always forget is that Becca, he plays the villain in that really bad version of Green Lantern that we saw at the Shalom movie theater. I don't remember anything about that. that's perfect. I only remember that because remember our. Did we I like, I'm like stand in line for that? <laughs> no, okay. but they did do like a thing where they gave us like a raffle ticket beforehand, and, and you then they got- gave away. <laughs> <laughs> they gave away like a bunch of movie promotion, like promotional stuff, and I got like a poster for this movie that Becca. Like every time we saw the preview for it, she'd be like freaked out and scared. It was called Devil. Oh no. <laughs> I see that when I'm looking for a movie to watch sometimes and all I think about is you winning that poster. <laughs> this is so like, this is like insider baseball oh, happening man. right now on the pod, but yeah. Wow, that's a really funny memory to talk about. Okay, I will say, one thing I just must say about this song before I deliver my verdict on it is that when the chorus, when the hook lyric came up, the you're the sweet to my mean, the first time I heard it, I, oh my God, some uh, ad just played or something for like half a second on my computer. Um, all I was going to say is that I heard you're the sweet to my meat and I was like, oh, I like that line. And then I looked it up and I was like, actually, no. <laughs> yeah, it's a pretty underwhelming song. Yeah, I think this song actually sucks. It yeah. sucks. Okay, well then, moving right along. Also, Carrie Brothers, if you're listening, I'm sorry. If you want to come on the pod to defend yourself, we'd love to have you. (laughs) Okay, track seven is Fair by Remy Zero. Okay, who wants to go first? Um... (laughs) Uh, I have, like, I have very little thoughts about this, but I I have some thoughts, I guess. Like, uh, I don't know. I think it's a fine song. It It was another one that, like, doesn't, like, blow me away or like stick out a lot um and i know that this band also had like a smallville theme song which is kind of like their claim to fame and uh for whatever reason my dad is like facebook friends with like the guitars of that band because my dad's like a real guitar person and uh and he was like yo he was like you know Remy Zero? And I was like, yeah, I know Remy Zero. And then I was like, no, I know like two Remy Zero songs like from like TV in movie shows. I was like, I know nothing about that band. I don't know why I said that. But <laughs> I mean, you're familiar. <laughs> yeah, but like, I mean, I'm telling you, that's exactly, that's the only thing I know about that band. I've never been like, you know what? I'm going to go check out some more songs. So I think that that says probably what I feel about this song. <laughs> I think I instinctively like, I think I instinctively had a harder time with this song because I have a small brain and there's a song on this soundtrack by a band called Zero Seven and then like Remy Zero. I'm like, I can't actually like compute all of this because it's so similar. The same thing happened to me. Like, (laughs) okay. (laughs) Same thing. Thank you. Thank you. Wow. Justified. Um, Yeah, I definitely, and this was one like today when I went back and listened to the soundtrack like third or fourth time, I like went to the songs I like 
was having a harder time remembering. And this was one where I was like, when I'm listening to this song, I don't dislike it. I think that it is good. But it's like one of those things, like the minute it's off, I couldn't tell you anything about it. Yeah, agree. Um, I will say, what do I, I was just reading a line in the song that was really funny, but we might have to move on because I, again, I'm dumb and now I've lost it. I, uh, so learning that they sang a song for Smallville, I feel like that really makes sense. Like they have that sound, I feel like, of the CW dramas of that era, <laughs> like mm-hmm. very much one of those bands. But uh, yeah. um, it's it's not for me. Uh, it's so interesting that Zach Braff is so entwined in TV world at this junction in his life. Mm-hmm. Like, it's like, you know, indie rock is obviously a lot deeper than the bands that are on Gilmore Girls and Smallville and stuff, you know? Yeah, I wonder if that's just what was on his radar because of, like, acting or something. It's really strange. Yeah. I don't know. That is, it's it's fishy to me. <laughs> I think this song is, I think this song is fine. <laughs> I like to think of, I wonder if the Smallville thing came first. I like to think of Zach Braff, like, hearing the Smallville intro and being like, wow, that band fucking rocks. Like, gotta go check out more. I was just like... <laughs> yeah. He's, like, already listened to enough of the Five for Fighting discography after being on Scrubs. He's like, I need another song. Yeah, who's the fray, but not the fray. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's a good way to put it. The Fray are good, though. <laughs> they, no, they have some hits. I'm not. I'm not dragging the Fray. They have, They definitely have some hits. The full US tour we did in 2019. I we listened to a lot of the Fray on that tour, and that was. I think it was good for our mindset. Were they a Christian band, or were they just like seem like one? You know, I don't actually. I don't want to actually confirm or deny anything I don't know. But I will say the vibe was incredibly Christian. Yeah. The faux hawk, the man's little faux hawk. Yeah. That reads very Christian. All right, Becca, how do you feel about this song? Does it rock or does it suck? Is it just fine? Oh, uh, it sucks. Okay. It's like... <laughs> <laughs> Mallory, did you give your verdict? It's it's fine. Uh, hell yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So moving on from Remy Zero, track eight is a song called One of These First Things. One of These Things First? Yeah, One of These, one things, of these first things First by Nick Drake. <laughs> Sorry, I'm having a dyslexic moment. Um, okay, who wants to go? Uh, on Entertainment Weekly, they have a listicle rating the, or ranking the Garden State soundtrack every song. And I just... Um, <laughs> Oh no. <laughs> the for this one it's ranked number 11 and it says but it's the actual music with a combination of piano and guitar that's reminiscent of tunes from The Sims that makes it forgettable. And I went back and listened and I was like, "Oh yeah, it is pretty Simsy." Like <laughs> Wow. Wow. Hold, I have a question. Pardon my ignorance. Is Nick Drake an old thing or a young thing? Is he young or old? <laughs> he's he's old. His uh, 70s, maybe even late 60s and okay. 70s. I think he died in the 70s from an overdose. Okay, 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 okay. So then I would argue that The Sims are reminiscent oh, of Nick yeah. Drake. Exactly. I think he sounds like Seal. 
Am I alone? Oh my god! This song sounds like Seal. His voice, his voice sounds like Seal. (laughs) The most passionate yell Becca's ever given. (laughs) Um, I. (laughs) This is such a funny um, avenue we are currently on with this track. Um, I like this song. I think this song is good. I'm mad that they put it so low. Yeah, I would. I think this is one of the best with that ranking. I I think it's one of the best too. I think it's like. I mean, I, I honestly, I'm like a, I'm a Nick Drake fan that only knows uh, Pink Moon, which was like their big record. Um, okay. But I mean, I don't know. I'm, I'm a total sucker for like old recordings that like have like the tape delay sound and like, but still have that like stereo panning in it. And this had like really cool, like there's like piano in your right ear and like more of the guitar and shit in your left ear. And I just like, I like vibe out on that shit. I love it. So yeah, the instruments sound really good in this song. <laughs> yeah, and also like I when a, if a man has to sing, I want him to sing remorsefully, and I want it to be um, endearing. And I think that he does both of those things in this song. Yeah, I would agree. I hate when a man sings and he's like really confident. It's like okay, grow up. <laughs> I know. <laughs> know your place. Yeah, life actually sucks, yeah. dude. <laughs> I think this song is a slay. I love this song, actually. Even if it, like, is airing on Courtney, now knowing that Nick Drake confirmed is an old thing, as I had suspected, without doing even one Google search, um, I think that this song is really great. Yeah, I agree. It rocks. Uh, Becca? It's fine. <laughs> you, you can disagree, Queen. You know that. I, yeah, just like a lot of these, honestly, is just not my cup of tea yeah becca and i talked about this for like 30 seconds right before we started recording the pod but like this genre of indie rock is like again like even mentioning what you mentioned earlier but like mallory talking about like being obsessed with like guitar indie rock and like capital r rock music like this is sort of a genre of indie rock that i have learned to appreciate more as i have gotten older i definitely like needed like bright color my first favorite band was the spice girls so like it took a long time to unlearn that like kind of hyper um genre of music and like get more into things like this and this soundtrack i feel like leans a lot more on like that genre of music yeah yeah parents love this soundtrack (laughs) my mom loves this soundtrack yeah i feel like that's part of the i mean i feel like that's part of the appeal well it was for me well i think it might be part of the appeal for the like younger demographic where it's like this feels like like an elevated like mature level of indie and not only that, like the movie is like, you know, about being in your 20s and like just doing all these things and like finding yourself. So I think that part about the soundtrack movie combo was like very appealing to me. Totally. And famously, like it hit me at an age when I wanted to be older than fucking 15. So like this definitely made me feel I, it made me feel smarter, like I said earlier, but also older and more wise. Yes, so, for sure. I definitely didn't appreciate this as much then and i think that going back to it now is harder an even harder sell somehow mm-hmm. um but okay i think that song rocks again we i think we have set our verdict on that let's move on track nine is lebanese blonde by thievery corporation who where to start i thought when i i thought that this was the drug scene song <laughs> mm. yes. um Similar. and then i yeah then I realized it's not and then like I looked it up and I was like oh Lebanese blonde is like a strain of hashish and like 
you know, the song has like fucking like sitars and conga drums. <laughs> like I was like, this is drug music. <laughs> like, yes. But it, yeah, uh, I don't know. I I was like, while I was like revisiting the soundtrack, I was probably pretty stoned. And I just remember watching like multiple videos of like sitars. Like I went down like a YouTube hole like after work. So I was just like, such a cool noise. Like it really is. <laughs> yeah. I remember like being a teen and being like obsessed with trying to track down one of the Dan Electro sitars. Thank God I never did because I would probably be a much more insufferable person now. <laughs> um, but uh, I definitely like had a phase where I was like, that's just such a cool like sound. I love that sound. Yeah. Gotta have that sound. What's the whole song that has the sitar effect on the guitar? It's on a celebrity skill. Yeah. yeah, I don't know. I'm I'm a poser. Uh, I only know the hits of that band too. Okay, that's okay. It's some whole song. I think it's reason. There's actual lyrics in Lebanese Blonde, which for some reason I thought just had like ba buzz in it. <laughs> like yeah oh i think it's playing your song by hole actually but okay that's neither here nor there yeah this song finding out that this song has real lyrics i was like what yeah yeah i think that that band typically makes electronic music that maybe doesn't have lyrics very often uh i could be totally wrong about that but i think that they're like generally an electronic duo but uh some just like guest vocalist on it or something yeah all i know about the recorporation is um one time an old man paid me to buy that song. He paid me the $9.99 to buy that album, like a weirder. I think it might have been the album that this is from because he like doesn't have a computer and wanted it. So I like bought it on iTunes for it and burned him a CD of it. Oh, I know. Isn't that so cute? It is. Um, but I don't really have a lot of thoughts on I think it is The Mirror Conspiracy is the name of the album. It might be off this album. It might have been that album. I, I think remember. you're right. I think that is the name of it. I think that this song is fine. I think it's epically random that it's on the soundtrack and I wish I could recall the scene that it happens in it's, because it's, I'm like seeing red. Are they like in a red hallway where the lighting th- is red? I mean, I think this is the scene where they go into like the department store maybe to like get money back for I think they go to a um uh, what is that called? A uh, hardware store to buy stuff. He returns something. Knives. Peter Sarsgaard. Knives. Yes. Yeah. yeah. They weren't sharp enough. The lady asked him if he sharpened them. Yeah. He's like, <laughs> they don't cut cans, and they did on the commercial. And I was like, oh, true. Yeah. His character is iconic. I really, really love his character. I know. Like, I was just totally zeroed in on him. I was like, you're the best. <laughs> yeah. How is he actually the star of this film? Yeah. It's so crazy. I don't know. Okay. I think this song is fine. Yeah. It's very cool. It's one of those songs I wouldn't have looked up myself, but now I know it. It's cool. Becca, are you okay? <laughs> I'm watching the... This is not... Okay. Sorry. I was trying to find the scene. Um... This song is fine. It's a very weather channel. Uh. Yes, 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 yes. Yep. Okay, so track 10 is The Only Living Boy in New York by Simon and Garfunkel. Yes, <sighs> another folk ballad from, I don't know. I would guess that this is probably 70s too, unless it was like maybe a little if I earlier. I had to guess, Bridge Over Troubled Waters, the album, 1970. Yeah. Um. I think this is a a good song. I really only knew a couple Simon and Garfunkel songs. Like 
by just like hearing them on like oldies radio. So I remember the song being like a bit of a comfort to me just in that way. It just like sounds very comfortable. Mm-hmm. Um, but I remember watching a movie that was called The Only Living Boy in New York. I think specifically because I was like, oh, <laughs> a nod to the the song title might be cute. And the movie was fucking terrible. <laughs> it was so bad. It had like a great cast. It was like Kate Beckinsale and a couple other people. But it was like truly a horrible movie. Anyway. Wow. Interesting. Yeah. Do you think it was expensive to get this song in the, the movie? I feel like. You know. Sorry. Well, I. No, no, it's okay. I think. <laughs> that was cute. I think sometimes when. Like the older that songs get, sometimes they get cheaper. Um, That's a good point. Yeah. But it depends on, I don't know, if the song has been viral lately or not, I guess, too, or something. (laughs) I don't know. An insane thing to have to think about, but very real. Yeah. When Simon and Garfunkel go viral on TikTok. (laughs) Isn't isn't this song also on the Juno soundtrack? Ooh, I would not be the person to consult about that. No, but I would totally believe if it was like it does fit the, like what is with indie filmmaking and like a folk ballad why is it always a folk ballad i don't know do you think gen z when they make indie films will rely on folk ballads absolutely not <laughs> <laughs> they're gonna be I like we, this shit sucks <laughs> i wish we recorded video for this pod because that was a really iconic moment <laughs> <laughs> yeah. oh yeah i it's such a weird thing i feel like it's it's like with every generation, like the stream of like caring about like a folk ballad in an indie film was like getting smaller and smaller. And now it's like gone, probably. Yeah. It's just going to be driver's license and all the Gen Z coming of age films. Scary. <laughs> I don't really. I love this song. I think Simon and Garf, like Simon and Garfunkel are one of those. They're artists that like I absorbed a lot through my parents growing up. So like as a teen, as an adult, I haven't like gone back a lot to it because it's like just something I feel like I know at least enough about. I'm not like super uh, jonesing to go down that hole with them. But like definitely it is. You're you're totally right, Mallory. It's like a very comfortable um, artist, a very comfortable genre like and this is like a very warm song on the soundtrack. So I think this song absolutely slays. There's also a part in like the second verse where the music gets a little further away sounding and there's like a couple like percussion hits. I'm like, I didn't take notes. I should have taken notes. Um, I typically rely on my little brain to do better than this. But I think that that's like a funny thing about like recording quality of like that time where it's like sometimes if you want like a sound to be more in the forefront, you like literally have to take all the other song like sounds back. And I'm like, I love when that kind of shit happens. Yeah, totally. Yeah. It does, it, older music definitely has that way more than you would ever hear it now. Mm-hmm. Nowadays, it's like if the waveform isn't a fucking block, no one gives a shit. Yeah, it's like so. blast our brain, please. No headroom. Yeah, I also make block music though, so I can't talk shit. Um, <laughs> I think this song absolutely slays. I think this song rocks. Yeah, I think it's very sweet. It's great. Um, I've just been waiting to say that I absolutely love this song. Oh my god, Becca, I'm so yes. sorry. The erasure. Yes, I'm so sorry too. <laughs> this whole time you're all like, yeah, it's like fine, it's like comforting. And in my head, I'm like, I fucking love this song so much. I oh my god. I mean, I love Simon and Garfunkel. This song is I think is so good. It like has made me sob at times. It. It's so good. 
I could she's literally about, listener, she's about to sob. Yeah, like even just thinking about it, I could I could start crying. I mean, the lyrics get to me, the actual like instrumentals and stuff. And the, like, progression, how, like, the chorus gets so fucking epic, and it's just, like, half of the time we don't know, uh, now I'm blanking. Half the time we're gone, gone, but but we we don't don't know where. where. Yeah. Yeah. And then it, like, chills out, and it's, like, (laughs) my heart, my heart explodes for this song. I fucking love this song. I think this song fucks. Oh my god, listeners, did you hear that? Wow. She thinks it fucks. Uh, <laughs> if only wow. you could have seen the demand, which which she just said that to. Like, <laughs> I believed it. <laughs> it's incredibly convincing. Um, wow, okay, Jador, that's such a beautiful take, Becky. I'm mm-hmm. sorry we steamrolled you. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I was also like researching what other movies it has been in and I I don't think it was on the Juno soundtrack you buried the lead because you were so interested in googling the Juno soundtrack well y'all were just being so like nonchalant about this amazing (laughs) song (laughs) you should just start being like wait 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 (laughs) okay all right track 11 is such great heights by iron and wine actually also featured in an m&m's commercial as (laughs) i have discussed earlier really on this podcast because uh, we covered the postal service uh, and I talk about how this version by Iron and Wine is was on an M&M's commercial. Wow. I did not know that. Yeah. <laughs> the more you know. I think that there, I was reading the wiki and I think that there's like a fun bait and switch with this film and this song specifically in the fact that there was a trailer for this movie that had the Postal Service version of this song in it, but then that version's not on the soundtrack or in the movie. Yeah, I wondered, Mm. I often wondered if like he wanted the original and like settled on this one or if he really, but then at the same time, like it is like, I it feels placed in the scene in the movie like at a very sad time and it like does like feel like really right i i suppose um i wonder if there's a director's cut where that scene is soundtracked by the original version (laughs) yeah i feel like it's like i feel like the scene where this song comes in they're like laying in bed together like it's the first time we like see them in bed together or something and i just love thinking of like pulsing synth and shit just like like yeah (laughs) which honestly it might fit it might fit but (laughs) that feel when you hook up with the manic pixie dream girl of your lifetime (laughs) yeah your brain soundtrack just becomes fucking the postal service oh my god i love that um i don't really have a lot to say about this so both of you if you have to go off go off please uh i listened to this for the first time yesterday, and uh, I can't... So, in case y'all didn't know, I basically edit and clean up dialogue for a living. That is my career, and his <laughs> vocals, he's, like, so fucking close, and there's so many, like, mouth clicks, and, like... <laughs> and I'm just like... <laughs> <laughs> I do I never would have noticed I do like that's so funny you say that I mean I do remember 
thinking about the vocal mix like and like thinking yeah I didn't really think about like the like little clicks and high end stuff or whatever but I just was kind of like this like I was like I don't know if I love this mix but I was like it does feel very like raw and close which I felt like was probably the intention um but I yeah I don't have a ton of to say about this song either I was just like I think it's a very sweet little take on a song that has already made its like statement and doesn't really need a lot of like reiterations but I think that this was done well yeah I, I I ultimately I don't have a lot to say because I also just agree. It's like this song has had its time. A million people have weighed in on it. This version is fun because you know it's not just a verbatim cover. It's like changing the genre. So applause for that. Um, I don't know. It's a good song. This version to me is fine. I just feel like I couldn't feel strongly about this song in 2021 if my life depended on it. Yeah, I I, I agree. <laughs> yeah. Okay, it's, it's fine. It's fine. <laughs> Okay, slay, 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 slay. Okay, so track 12, to me, this is like, yeah, okay, I'm getting the vibe that we're all on the same page. This is like the crown jewel of this soundtrack, this in my opinion. This is the banger of yeah. this soundtrack. Yes. The song is called, <laughs> yes. the song is called Let Go, and it's by fucking Fru Fru. Yeah. Wow. Uh, Miss Imogen Heap herself. Baby, no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's amazing. It's an amazing song. Like, uh, I don't know. Yeah, I-, I would even say that this was like, this was another maybe indie song that I maybe even wouldn't have discovered. Not because it's in that weird cocktail lounge, but it was just like, I don't know, a lot cuter than the music I was like looking for. Um, but yeah, I mean, holy shit. Like, what a fascinating artist who makes sounds that are just so fucking cool. And I think it's fascinating every time. Um, and this song is, like, no exception. And also has, like, the perfect lyrics for, like, again, like, Tumblr shit. Like, beauty in the breakdown. Like, <laughs> I don't know, you know? Like, and that's not that's- a diss at all. Like, I think it, it's it done well, but yeah. Yeah, that's my yeah. Uh, banner on some social media is on MySpace. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Beauty and the It's breakdown. a metal font. And Beauty glittery and cursive. Yes. Yeah. And then there's like a drop of blood at the end of the lyrics. <laughs> <laughs> I like literally I don't again, I feel the same way, Mallory. I don't think I would have ever fallen head over heels with this band if it was not for this soundtrack. And um this song just specifically is just so unbelievably good. And I don't I'm like, I'm Lady Gaga speechless. This song is just <laughs> iconic. Miss Imogen Heap herself, she's always been living so far in the future compared to all of us that we just have to catch up with her. Um, and Imogen, I so that's Fru-Fru? Sorry. Yeah. Oh. Her and someone else. Gotcha. I think his name's Guy Sigworth. Yeah, Guy Sigsworth is what Sigsworth. this is telling me right now. Um, and they only, they disbanded after one album. I know, and what like what an album? Mm, what you yeah. say? I know the other song, the other really viral. Yeah, that one. I listened to that really recently, um, <laughs> but like somebody else played it, and I just like you know it's like just vocals for so long on that, <laughs> yeah. and I was just like, this bitch. I was like, has me thinking <laughs> about vocals the entire song. <laughs> like I was like, all these other like instruments come in, and I'm just like still listening to the vocal just so (laughs) unlike me as a music listener so i she's got some power man 
she's in, my friend Alex is obsessed with her and it like took me like a long time to like kind of understand why and like talking to him about her like makes me like get it and she's just so in like wildly innovative also famously when um the tombstone generator online was like a funny thing that you'd like make memes with I remember I made one that said mm, what'd you say mm, that you only meant well and I made that my like header on some social media and people loved it. <laughs> At the dawn of, I like the dawn of me being an internet terror. Anyway, this song fucking slays ass and what? hole. I'm obsessed with this song. What part of the movie, what is the scene when this song comes in? Becca, at the point of me watching the film, I'm just going to be speak. I'm speaking totally candidly. At the point of me watching the film the other night that this song might have been introduced, I was either too drunk or too high to remember. Um, and that's ultimately just the hill I have to die on with this. I don't know. <laughs> it's, uh, I remember. <laughs> okay. Um, but I mean, I have also, I've seen this movie like a lot. Um, but uh, yeah, it's like uh, they're in the airport and uh, Zach Braff's character is about to go home or like go back to LA on a plane. Um, and they're like, you know, this is like this long goodbye. And then I think he comes back you know, he comes back and doesn't go back to LA and he's like, oh, I love you. But I think that's when the song like comes in, like right at that turning point when he like comes back. Um, either that or it like kind of builds before like the climax of the song starts. Uh... But it is like, like big, big pinnacle moment of the movie, I think. That's, I'm like literally so, kudos to fucking Zach Braff for like hearing the song and being like, I can work this into a huge emotional moment. Yeah, I agree. I feel like there are lots of songs that deserve that but don't always get it so shout out to him for grabbing this one with the claw machine and pulling it out yes the song cool. rocks yeah unanimously yeah, the, song. the song fucking rocks so we all agree go, couldn't agree more it, <laughs> <laughs> cool it makes me want to it makes me think of like that spongebob gif where his arms are like squiggling. oh just like wiggling back and forth <laughs> yes yes oh That'll be in the next uh, GIF I make, like I did with oh, muscles. Oh, yeah. You as a multimedia video editor now. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Track 13, closing track on this big, beautiful soundtrack. <laughs> it happens to be a song called Winding Road. It's by Bonnie Somerville. Underwhelming. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Keeps on coming down. Yeah, it's fine. It's a very fine song. I remember like being like, if this was like Lucinda Williams, this would have been fucking hard hitter. But I was just like, I don't know. I was like, the song is like good in credit music because it's just like, you know, just kind of chunks along on a little acoustic guitar. But um, I don't know. Not not memorable yeah. at all to me. When I listen to this, I'm waiting for her to have like start belting it out and it never happens and it's really disappointing. Yeah, she's um I guess like a Smallville actress too, which I learned. <laughs> oh no. Yeah. I think she's she really? another Smallville connection. Oh my god. Yeah. She might be a Nexium now. I the dude, that's what I was thinking. I was like I, I literally thought the same thing. I was like, Oh shit, I hope she didn't get roped in. I don't know. Sometimes I feel like we're so, Becca and I are so plugged into the zeitgeist that if season two of the Nexium doc is all about her, I would not even be surprised. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'll still fucking watch like, it. Yeah, par for the course. Yeah. Um, okay. I really don't have a lot to say about this song. I think this song works in its 
slot in the movie and the soundtrack lyrically better than it does in musical execution. Um, I this also ultimately like what you were saying, Mallory, like to build off of that, like this an inclusion of a song like this at a point like this make it gives me like a deeper appreciation for like a movie soundtrack that feels like very like heavy handed like ham handed where it's like the cues are so obvious it feels like this is like a missing of the mark so like yeah like definitely like uh any sort of other like classic sort of folky country song in this position i would have been like yeah if it was like a hit i would have loved it this kind of being a little random and off base i'm like i'm not living for it yeah there's not enough like real emotion in that song like for so many songs that like had, I feel like, you know, really tangible feelings in them. That one is very just like neutral. I'm writing a song and it's a little chill about that winding road. It's about life. You know, it's like, okay, cool. She, <laughs> I think, I mean, from Googling her, it seems like she's better known as an actress. Because it's like, that's the first thing that comes up. Like, she was in the OC and NYPD Blue, I guess. Yeah, I don't think this song was very popular either. Was she... Is she in the movie? Does she have a cameo or anything? I don't think so. I wonder... I I feel like Zach Braff had this, like, group of, like, TV actor music lovers or yeah, I don't know like a sp- his buds yeah like <laughs> he's doing them all a solid putting them on the soundtrack then they won a fucking God. Grammy just imagine yeah wow I bet Bonnie Somerville loves her little Grammy right I would <laughs> Me too. Oh my god. I like love to talk shit about the Grammys, but if I had one, oh my god, I'd be posting pics with it all the time. I know. I, I don't actually care either. But when something wins a Grammy, I'm like, it won a Grammy. And I'm like, oh yeah, you don't care. <laughs> yeah, it's like I shouldn't even play into this, but I do say that sentence a lot. Yeah. <laughs> There's a meme going around right now. It's not even a meme, it's just like a screenshot of like how many times Britney Spears has been nominated for a Grammy and won, and then versus like how many times Justin Timberlake has been, and that like I feel like will be the final nail in the coffin for the Grammys for a lot of people. Thank God. No. Yeah. Make it stop. <laughs> um, okay, so basically, now that we're at the end of this beautiful soundtrack, does anyone have any final words they'd like to say before we give final verdict? Um, I wish that I could win a Grammy by making a playlist. Um, Boom. <laughs> <laughs> I mean... Okay, don't you feel like if, like, like it was such a big deal back then, like, how big this was? And, like, don't you think if, like, Zach Braff made a playlist now, like, it'd probably, like, get a couple retweets and people would be like, oh, taste, go off, king. But it's, like, yeah, I, now, it's, like, you can't make that big of a splash anymore with something like this. And I I think that uh, he really sees the moment. Um, but I don't know. I, you know, I have the I have the LP and I've listened to it a couple times. So clearly I don't hate it. <laughs> Yeah, I, I literally, I didn't even think about that, but you're so incredibly right that, like, truly, if Zach Braff made a playlist now, you'd get, like, a couple indie darlings, like, thanking him, like, posting about it, being like, thank you so much, Zach Braff, for including us on your epic playlist, and that would be the end of that. Yeah, like, I'm sure there was a couple years where it was, like, so coveted. It was, like, get your band into Zach Braff's hands, <laughs> you know? <laughs> but <laughs> not anymore. I love that concept. Yeah, I don't think anyone was particularly mean, so I don't think we have any, like, apologizing to do in this little segment. I will say 
Like growing up, I was really into movie soundtracks, and that's how I discovered a lot of bands or artists and what led me to believe that I wanted to do music for films because I thought I could be like Zach Braff and just make like a sick playlist for a movie. Um, That's not, no, you can only do that if you're like Zach Braff. Um, (laughs) that, (laughs) you know, uh, so like compared to other favorite soundtracks of mine, it's, uh, it's fine. It's so sleepy. Like, honestly, the, the soundtrack is great to fall asleep to until let go comes on and then you're like, boom. Wake up in rage. Yeah. <laughs> Eyes shoot open. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's a sad, it's sad. The music is sad generally on the soundtrack. So. Yeah. I kind of think that the music being like sad on the soundtrack overshadows the actual story of the movie. And also, like, the performances are so, like, I mean, obviously, there's a big subtext about like being heavily medicated and not being able to feel. But, like, I feel like a lot of the performances don't, like, really, as, as someone who's experienced, um, like earth shattering loss very recently I expected to be like more shooken shaken shook by the <laughs> film and was really like able to be like this doesn't this does not feel like lost to me in the way that I know loss so in that way I feel like the soundtrack kind of helps drive that home a little more maybe just like in theme and like sound who knows yeah yeah I think Speaking. the soundtrack and the movie very much needed each other um yes I don't know Thank you. I don't know what they would have been solo you know like i if the movie without this soundtrack would not have been the movie that it is today so completely agree and in terms of it being the movie that it is today that's like through a very beautiful nostalgic lens because watching it as an adult now i'm like this movie is actually bad but Mm -hmm. (laughs) for the time for the time it did amazing things for the culture what if hans zimmer did the soundtrack (laughs) instead (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that'd be amazing there There's would be no frou-frou on it then he the like opening scene where the phone rings is like <laughs> yeah yeah do you want to rescore that. that movie Becca? yeah for us yeah I'm, I'm reach out to Z- I'll tweet at Zach, Brack- Zach Braff and see if we can get an edit with no music so you can throw your yeah hit him up just hit the email up he's probably doing nothing Sick. And Zach Breff, if you ever want to come on the pod, you have an open invitation. So, mm-hmm. and Peter Sarsgaard, if you ever, um, I don't know, you got a pretty good wife. I don't know, never mind. <laughs> <laughs> but if you ever want to come on the pod too, and Natalie, also yeah. anyone, if you're listening, we'd love to have you. Yes. Wow. Okay, let's do final verdict. So I'm gonna count to three, and on the count of three, you're gonna say either it rocks or it sucks or it's fine or it fucks. Um, okay, ready? One. Two, three. It's, it's fine. It rocks. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Throws her hands up. There's some good ass songs on this. Don't fret. Totally. <laughs> it's true. No, I, I I mean I bought the vinyl. I can't I'd be a poser if I said it sucked. So you know. I mean it's definitely not bad by any means. It's very good. It's just I think there are things that rock more in my opinion. Well, certainly, but your girl <laughs> loves a ballad. I don't know. <laughs> and you know what, Mallory, that is so beautiful. And we stay on that for you. OK, Mallory, where can people find you online? Um, yeah, my handle is Mallory Hawk on pretty much everything. Um, 
I'm going to release some music this year. And my band House Says is going to release music this year. And then if you don't follow Double Double Whammy, we're a very sweet label. And we love to put out music that makes people sad and ultimately happy because it's so sad and touching. Um, <laughs> true, true. And yeah, that's where you can find me. Wow, Mally, thank you so much for coming on the pod. Thank you for having me. I had a blast. Yeah, it was super, super fun. We'll have to have you back sometime. Yeah, I'm, I'm back. I'll talk a little more shit. I was pretty nice, but I'll pick something <laughs> I hate next time. <laughs> yeah, we got to pick something really fucked up next yeah. time. <laughs> oh All right, thanks for listening. Bye. Bye. It Rocks or It Sucks is produced and edited by Becca High and Carl Kuhn. It's mixed and mastered by Becca High. You can follow the pod on Instagram or Twitter at It Rocks or It Sucks. Thanks for listening and feel free to like, follow, rate, review, share, do whatever you want. Bye. Okay, so sometimes I lie. I'm weird, man.